When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. No breaks. No breaks. No fear. No fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome back. Another week closer to the start of the Speedway season. I'm Ian Brannan. In this episode, I'm joined by Speedway writer and social media editor Joe Appleton. And we're going to be hearing from a whole host of stars, including Troy Batchelor. And sometimes you do a race and you get a third and they're like, see you later. Like. <laughs> Kyle Howarth. I'm a good rider, I know I am. I really believe I am. I'm a hard rider. And the thing with me, I've got balls. Plus Danny King, Chris Harris, Stuart Dixon, Kyle Bickley, Sam McGurk and Archie Freeman all on the way. Lots to get through, so stay with us on British Speedway's official podcast. No breaks, no fear. The official British Speedway podcast. And welcome along to this second episode of No Breaks, No Fear, the official British Speedway podcast. I'm Ian Brannan, and firstly, I'd like to say thanks to everyone who joined us last week. The response was quite phenomenal, to be honest. The podcast went straight to number one in the Apple Podcast Sports News charts and has stayed there for a week. I thought we might manage a day or two, but to stay there for a week is is pretty tremendous for a first episode of any podcast. But really amazing that Speedway's at the top of all of the sports news podcasts available in the UK at the minute. And not just in the UK, by the way, we've um, made waves around the world and, and made the top 20. I think it was in Australia, South Africa, we did pretty well. And we also made the top 100 in the British news charts, which is a really tough chart to get into. So making real waves and thanks to everybody who's been listening. And if this is your first time joining us, then um, I would encourage you to listen to last week's episode. It's still available, will remain available, and uh, it's still in date, really, because we're just chatting about the uh, season plans for uh, come May time with Rob Godfrey, British Speedway's chairman and fellow director, and Ipswich promoter Chris Louie. So check out last week's episode if you haven't done that already. But um, it just shows, I think, the, the excitement that there is for British Speedway returning soon. And, of course, the point was made last week that British Speedway could be one of the first sports to welcome fans back into stadiums. So that's got to be something to be excited about because restrictions eased, hopefully, on the 17th of May, and that's the date when the season kicks off. On to this week then, I'm joined by freelance Speedway writer and social media editor Joe Appleton to have a look at some of the stories making the headlines this week. Hi, Joe. Hi, Ian. Joe is one of those lucky ones who's been able to get trackside, watch some Speedway, hear the roar of the bike, smell the methanol, all the rest of it. I mean, that must have been pretty amazing, Joe. I know it was really exciting for you, wasn't it? From start to finish, the whole atmosphere of the day, just that buzz of being back trackside, back around the pits, the riders, uh, the track staff, the media guys, all the vibe was, it was what we've been missing so long throughout this pandemic. And just to hear the roar of the engines, the smell of the methanol, it really whet the appetite for the season ahead. And when you took a look around at all the riders, the smiles on their faces, you could just tell they were ready to and raring to go. And then when you take a look around the stadium, on a side note, the wide space around Leicester for, for social distancing would be ideal um, for running speedway meeting. So I can't see any problems from that point of view. So, yeah, it was a fantastic day and I really can't wait to get stuck into some, some uh, proper action now. I know that anecdotally, some of the feedback that we've had from last week's episode, one of the one of the big highlights for for many people, me included, actually, just sitting here making the uh, making the the thing last week and, and listening to it. And I know my my dad listened to it as well. He said the same. And I've seen some comments on social media of people saying this. And it was actually something that you recorded, I think. But it was um, it was the sound of the bikes 
going by in the background of the, of that James Wright interview and people just saying that wow you know I, I'm I'm really fired up for it now uh, you know I can't wait to get back to the track just hearing the bikes again it just is a fantastic sound to hear after so long yeah I'm I'm sure everyone would appreciate that as I say us media guys are very very fortunate to be in the position we are to even just see a practice session like that it just brings back all the memories of of years gone by and hopefully. We'll be back very soon. That's what we're hoping. And, and reassuring news, I think, this week, as we've seen 4,000 fans being allowed into Wembley to watch the uh, FA Cup semi-final, which is a great move. And looking further afield, at the other side of the world, Australia, their Optus Stadium in Perth, is now officially back to 100% capacity. That's 60,000 people being allowed in uh, back to normal there, pretty much. And they don't even have the vaccine really rolled out in Australia yet. They've done it all by lockdowns and being really tight on border controls and things like that. But it just shows what is possible maybe around the corner for us here in, in the UK and, and that we can get back to, to full stadiums again. Yeah, they've handled it, they've handled it brilliantly, the, um, the government over there. And it just gives you that, that motivation and that hope, seeing the images on social media of full crowds. It almost seems surreal seeing the images but it just, it just pro, uh, proves that there's large at the end of the tunnel. That's what we hope. Um, some news from this week then. Um, well, we'll start with this news that came in uh, earlier today at the time of recording. Birmingham have been handed a potentially crippling blow just over a month before the start of their season. Perry Bar Greyhound Stadium has been victim of three break-ins in as many weeks before vandals caused serious further damage to the Speedway side of the venue in the early hours of Monday morning. They've had essential equipment set alight and burnt out. Several vehicles included, storage containers broken into and security gates also battered down. It's caused a lot of damage and and really could cause them some problems in in coming to the tapes potentially. Uh, They reckon they've had about £20,000 worth of damage caused, which is um, obviously a, a huge expense and it's not something that Speedway needs at this time. So they have set up a, an appeal. If you can help them, if you go to their social media pages, search out for the Birmingham Brummies. If anybody can help out, either replacing the equipment or, or help out with any money, then um, all uh, all donations uh, in whatever form, I'm sure, would be, would be gratefully received. But um, our best wishes to the Birmingham Brummies. And we'll hear from Chris Harris in just a little bit. Um, something else to talk about as well, of course, the, uh, the, the cancellation of the British Grand Prix. Uh, a huge event in the Speedway calendar. It's going to be a huge miss. A lot of us were looking forward to it, but unfortunately uh, we're not able to go ahead and it has been cancelled for 2021. Um, the COVID restrictions still in place. Of course, Wales uh, are under different rules to to England. And I think for, for me, I think it's just maybe come along a little bit early, but um, it's going to be a huge shame to, to not be able to get to Cardiff and and not just enjoy the racing, but the whole weekend is such a, a festival of speedway, fans getting together, people from other clubs getting together, meeting up and and having a good time uh, all around the, the speedway theme. Yeah, well, as you say, everyone, all families kind of make, make it a thing, um, stay a night, maybe enjoy speedway at Somerset the night before um, in the pairs. But um, as you say, as you walk through Cardiff um, town centre, city centre, as you're going along, the atmosphere, the air horns, everything, it really is, as you say, a festival of Speedway, and it will be sorely missed this year. Unfortunately, maybe if it was, if, if the Millennium Stadium was in England, it would have gone ahead, but obviously with with the Welsh government having different rules, etc., it's a tough one, and unfortunately we'll have to miss it for another year. Another key part of that GP weekend for many people, of course, is a trip to Somerset, too, to see the pairs. There was talk that despite Somerset not running in the league this year, that they may still be up for hosting a pairs event if if the conditions were right, and clearly that's not going to happen. But another story in the Speedway Star this week has been in relation to uh, Somerset Speedway and how some of the land around the Oak Tree Arena behind the first and second turn has been uh, given planning permission to be developed and naturally a lot of concern has come up about the um, future of Somerset Speedway. We don't really have anything to add at this moment because we don't know. We we don't know any more than, than anyone else does. But suffice to say that we wish the Hancocks all the best. Yeah, it's a fabulous location. The racing, every time I've been, the racing's been brilliant. And it's important to mention all the hard work that the Hancocks have done for the sport in Somerset. And every time I've been, Debbie's been welcoming her hospitality has been fantastic. And as you say, it will be sorely missed this year. Here's hoping that come March 2022, we're back there for some more speedway. 
yeah, and hopefully in a year year's time, maybe we might be there for um, some some pairs action as well. That will be the the dream because there's nothing finer than a on a hot summer's night with a pint of cider in your hand watching some great speedway. It's uh, it's the perfect mix. Absolutely fantastic. As I say, in 2019, I went and that weekend was probably the highlight of my year. The racing there on the on the Friday night was absolutely sensational. And then you make the drive down on the Saturday morning to Cardiff. It just, as you say, it's a real celebration of our, of our fantasy sport. COVID is one thing, um, but we're starting to hear of um, Brexit issues as well now yeah. with one or two That's riders. Correct. Yeah, we've always seen it at Redcar with Casper Anderson, unfortunately unable to get his work permit. So that's left them in a in an awkward situation once more, having also already looking for another rider. So that's, um, that's caused an issue there. And it's a shame because I've seen Casper ride before and he, he's a really talented young lad who I'm sure has a big future ahead of him. But as you say, coupled with potential travel restrictions, there is no doubt challenges for um, British Railway this year. But as you say, it's a, it's a developing situation and hopefully we can get some solutions as soon as possible. I think it came a bit of a surprise to the red car management that Casper um, Anderson wasn't going to be allowed in because they were quite confident he was going to qualify for, for that work permit and would be lining up for the Bears this season, but not to be for this year. Um, it's not the only one, as you mentioned. There's There's been others. Jake Allen was due to be riding for uh, for both Ipswich and Scunthorpe and, and has left a, a bit of a headache uh, for both Chris Louie and Rob Godfrey as one to fix. And uh, certainly they've uh, managed to sort that at, at the respective clubs for the time being because um, Jordan Stewart is going to be racing for the Ipswich Witches uh, in, in place of Jake Allen and uh, the Witches also got Nico Cavati sitting this season out as well and um, Scunthorpe have moved for the Australian racer Josh McDonald to fill that gap uh, from fellow countryman Jake Allen who's elected to miss uh, this UK season and Josh McDonald has um, moved from one club to another already because he was originally supposed to be lining up for the Pool Pirates before they had to change their plans so uh, Rob Godfrey uh, getting in there and, and getting Josh McDonald in his team but hopefully things will all pan out fairly soon. I think it's important to mention Newcastle as well obviously they've had to make another change with Klaus Wissing dropping out for Connor Mountain to return and um, they've got a full squad of British riders which is obviously fantastic for British Speedway. Obviously looking at their side on paper a lot of people are going to tip them to, to be the wooden spooners finish um, to finish bottom of the pile when you look at their side, there's a lot of talent in there that can improve and build. And having spoken to Rob um, myself, he's took into account the the travel restrictions, the you know the work permits, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And he's building for the long term in terms of his main priority is to for Newcastle to survive this season. He's had so much thrown at him, stadium issues, council problems, etc. He wants to give British lads a platform. Um, over success um, and try and get through this season and see where that takes them. So I, I think it's it's worth mentioning. I've seen people criticise, but I think Rob deserves credit for um, obviously putting stuff in place well and ahead in advance, and they'll be fine, won't they, in terms of travel restrictions? Because as you say, they're all British. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. It is good because as well. Last last week we were talking with with Chris Louis about the youth system and how. Um, there's so much work going on there, and how this year we're probably not going to see the best of of the um, you know the end product. We're going to be a few yeah. years away from from that, yeah. but it, it has to help that situation with the youngsters being able to to have so much. Obviously, with the with the addition of the new uh, leagues and and the, the you know certainly the, the the additional Premier League and the and the um, National Development League that's been going on, the different teams that are now available there. Uh, but the the actual you know top top team places that are available for for British talent you know it has to be um, you know, it has to be a good thing there's certainly going to be good experience come out of it for, for some of these riders yeah definitely I think that with the new rising star program I think it's important to persevere with the um, with the system and in two three four five years down the line we'll start to bear fruits from the system um, I think that's what it's all about parts of it can be seen as a blessing in disguise as you say more team spots opening up for for British talent because we have got a lot of young British talent out there. It's all about nurturing it and and bringing it on. As I, um, In 2020, I was fortunate enough to, to see quite a few of the British Youth Championship meetings and the likes of Luke Harrison, Max James, some of the battles between those two were, were superb, breathtaking, just as good as watching the top boys. So if you really nurture that young talent, 
then there can be a bright future for British Speedway. Yeah, and, and we're looking forward to the season getting underway. Of course, the first fixtures that um, we're really looking forward to are the uh, 17th of May in the Premiership, Bellevue versus Sheffield, Kingsland versus Ipswich. And we've also got this uh, thank you NHS trophy at Wolverhampton um, scheduled. Do we know anything more about that at this moment, um, Joe? At this moment in time, I think they're just currently piecing together their plans, whether it's going to be an individual meeting or whatnot. I'd, I'd imagine the Wolves riders will will all ride in that, get some track time under their belt. Um, but at, that, at this stage, I think it's in advance planning, but they haven't released any, any details as of yet. Well, right now, let's hear from one of the riders who's due to be in action on the very first day of the brand new Speedway season, 17th of May. Troy Batchelor is leading the lineup for the Sheffield Tigers as their number one, and he's pleased to put his Polish nightmare from 2020 firmly behind him. He's been speaking with Nigel Pearson. You had a tough time in Poland last year, didn't you? Yeah, they're all about practice, they are, and uh, we must have done, I don't know, 30 practices or so, and... Well, I, I remember I remember I used like I don't even know 20 or 30 new tires and I hadn't even done a heat race yet um, and you know you want there was a squad of like 10 riders for or more for like however many spots and our, our practices were like race meetings and I wasn't in and then I was in for like one race and out and it was just terrible like I don't know if you know, many of the British fans do follow that and whatnot, but over there you you only need you don't even need to start, you don't even need to do one race. You can go to the track and just watch. Um, and sometimes you do a race and you get a third and they like see you later. Like <laughs> it's pretty tough. Whereas in England, you know, you're guaranteed the free rides, so you do get a bit of a chance to save yourself. But over there you don't. And uh, I didn't get a lot a lot of racing, and I hurt myself quite badly as well at the end of the year. And yeah, it just. It all went really wrong, um, so I'm happy to forget about that one. <laughs> Obviously, Swindon uh, in 2019 was such a great season, winning the League and Cup double. Great memories, and um, you know, I guess you're hoping that in the not too distant future, um, Swindon will be back. I do hope so. Yeah, like I've said it before, it's like it's my favourite track in the country now. Like, you know, it, it, it never maybe had the best reputation for a while, and they they made all them changes, and I'm like, oh, it's like. Like I was dreaming about it last night. I was like, oh, it's so good to ride there. Like I, you know, I really felt comfortable there. And I guess you could tell even by the scores and the races, you know, I would eat anybody up there and didn't really have to think about much. I was just, just loving it and enjoying the track and all the lines and stuff. So it's such a shame that it's not running at the moment and hopefully they do come back. Yeah, but um, wide open, super speed round Sheffield now is your home track. Sound, yeah, it sounds similar. Um, it's been, I was thinking about it before. It was, a long time since I've been to Sheffield, like maybe 05 or 06. That makes me sound really old, but it has been a long time. So, uh, you know, I'm sure I'll find my way around there and hopefully we can get, you know, press day and some practice and some laps to get used to it before the first meeting. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, like I said, I'll, I'll do my best. A few guest bookings, maybe if there's a travel problem with some of the boys here and there? Yeah, like the world, the way it is at the moment, you know, um, I'm only going to be riding here for the foreseeable future until we can travel again where, whenever that may be. Um, I did, you know, maybe look at going in the championship, but I'm not eligible, which is kind of a little bit unfair because, you know, I know rules are rules, but then at the same time, you know, they've made a lot of rules because of the coronavirus and exceptions and they could have made that one for me. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens in the first few meetings. Does that disappoint you, Troy? Yeah, a little bit, you know, kind of... I don't know. It's it's you could have a you could make a podcast about it if you wanted to. It's kind of a bit more detailed than a yes or no question, but yeah, like I uh, I would have liked to, you know, is uh, a free time world champion in the Premier League, and uh, you know I, I'm not allowed to, but he is. So what average would you have been? I think it was like 13 something, but there was teams that would have, would have took me on that. Um, being you know being the world the way it is, there is a shortage of riders. And the teams were contacting me like, yeah, yeah, we can fit you in. So it wasn't the team place that was a problem. It's more just the rules. But, you know, it is what it is. 
So we'll see, we'll see what happens. There you go. You see, you heard it here first. Troy Batchelor not ruling out an appearance in the Championship League, if rules permit. Watch this space on that one. Coming up in just a moment, we'll hear from the Newcastle and Sheffield star James Wright, who's making a comeback to Speedway after five years away from this particular type of the sport, although he has been busy on the grass track. We'll also hear from Danny King and Chris Bomber-Harris soon on No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear, the official British Speedway podcast. Welcome along, and uh, this is episode two of No Breaks, No Fear. I'm Ian Brannan. I'm joined by Joe Appleton, social media editor and a freelance Speedway writer, uh, to look ahead to some of the fixtures and also listen back to some of the interviews that uh, we've got from some of the practice sessions which have been happening around the country, namely the sessions at Leicester and uh, also Scunthorpe in this particular episode. And um, someone that we actually spoke to on last week's episode, but the second part of that interview is with James Wright, who's making a return to Speedway after five years away. He's going to be lining up for Sheffield Tigers in the Premiership, but in the Championship, he's lining up with Newcastle Diamonds, who have been hit by a number of problems to their original lineup. And despite being tipped by some to be wooden spooners in the Championship come the end of this season, James thinks they've got enough quality to spring a few surprises. Yeah, definitely. You know, um, it's a shame, you know, what's happened to Klaus, but, you know, with the circumstances we're in and everything, and, you know, everything Rob's been through you know trying to get Newcastle up and running this year it's, it's, it's quite a miracle that we're actually in the position we are at the moment so you know um, everyone will look at us as the you know wooden spooners down there because we haven't you know used the, the points to the full potential but you know there's plenty of uh, room impro- Im- improvement with the lads there and I think we just got to go there and give it our best shot and you know the main thing is is putting on a good entertainment show which what Rob wants to do and we'll give it our best in every meeting we go to and we'll see where we come you know towards the end of the season I always said I wanted to double up I thought maybe during the season um, you know do a few meetings then hopefully an opportunity would come but this came at the right time really for me and um, I'm just going to take it with both hands and you know it'll do me the world of good having you know two two clubs and extra meetings so it'll keep me busy um, yeah I just can't wait to get started really and Joe, you were the one speaking to James Wright there. Whilst he's been away from Speedway for five years, it's not been for the lack of offers, has it? Yeah, speaking to James, he's, um, he said to me that for the past four or five years while he's been away, he's had offers every single year. Um, for some reason, um, when Rob gave him the call um, at the start, at the end of 2019, he thought, why not? Let's give it let's give it one more go and fair play to him because the talent he's got on a Speedway bike is undoubted. Um Charles Wright, British champion, 2019. Um, James was obviously his brother. James, um, James was widely tipped as being one of the better brothers. Um, so I, I do think that James is, is set for a big season. Obviously, as you say, he's it's, it's, um, it's on a low average in the championship and the premiership. He's going to build up from reserve. So that's a good opportunity for him. Um, I think he will build into the main, into the main body of the team. And... As a, as a talented rider like he is, I can see him doing really well and surprising a few people this year. Some people have levelled the criticism he hasn't been on the bike for the past five years, but as, as you previously said, he's been riding grass track. Um, he had his first grass track meeting of the year at the weekend, and no, he's, he's really eager. He's put a lot of money into it. He's, he's got some good sponsors behind him, and he's keen to kick on and, and see where things take him. And he's not just been racing grass track. From the footage I've seen, he's... he's been doing pretty well at grass track as well he's you know he's, he's had a decent time of it and he's he's quite a one of the big players on the grass track scene yeah exactly he's um he's a very talented uh, lad on on all bikes if i'm if i'm being honest um he got to the a final uh, at the weekend beaten by james shanes in the final james shanes won that um but no james he's a very talented grass track rider and he's got transferable skills over to speedway so I'm sure he's set for a big year on the on the grass track point of view as well as as well as speedway. So it's going to be a busy year for him. Um, I'm sure he'll adapt. He'll get back into it. He's got a got a family of four now, so um, that added pressure of family to feed, etc., um, bringing home the bread. But um, no, it's it's an exciting time, and I'm I'm can't wait to to see him see him in action. And it's going to make the Tyne Tees derby between Newcastle and Redcar a little bit thornier, isn't it as well? Oh, that that'll be awesome riding against <laughs> your brother. I'll bet. Um, I bet they've been waiting for that for a long time, so that'll be interesting, trying to get one up on each other. Um, I'm sure James will want to spring a surprise. Um, Charles may feel the pressure more than James, but 
We'll see. It's a spiky enough affair that uh, that that match between yeah. those two at the best of times without that um, going on on the side as well. So it should yeah. be good. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, Roy Clark will need calming down. I think at some point yes, in that. Yeah. <laughs> well, somebody else who was on show at Leicester is Danny King. Now, his last year has been very busy, but none of it involving Speedway. He's been speaking with Dave Rowe. I went and got a job with my sponsor. Um, so he does um, landscaping, if you like, as yeah. such, but uh, groundworks. You know, we do all sorts of driveways and... Um, patios just a wide wide range of things so um yeah i've been working with him i worked with him since august last year and i've just finished um last last week so right. sort of eight months eight months yeah. does it make you understand even more how much you enjoy speedway yes. when you have all the time off 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. it's been so tricky um it's been hard work you know what you feel for now. yeah <laughs> for very little but um it's been difficult with the kids as well because yeah. obviously my wife being a teacher I have to yeah. do the um, school runs and I managed to work it so I could get them dropped off which allowed me to work but towards the end I was having to finish early so I could do the pick up so I ended up working part time rather than full time and obviously it's just difficult financially and you can't commit to everything and childcare is not exactly easy we've got two elderly uh, parents who um, obviously we don't want to put the children with with the with the yeah, virus yeah. about so we're being sensible at the same time it's just been real tricky how much stress did your wife have especially in that in that spell when the kids went back for a day and then they got sent home again that must have been horrendous it's been very stressful for her um, but she, you know she's took it really well she's uh, she's actually took a new job now she's a head teacher of okay. of two schools um, so it's uh, it's been very tricky for her to balance her time between the two and obviously deal with all the issues regarding covid um but she's took it really really well really proud of her and uh, she's really enjoying it good stuff and on, on the sport itself do you th- i mean we're looking at this may start which mm. fingers crossed yeah. do you think the promoters have done the right thing in terms of the number of meetings they're trying to run obviously the mm. the top league's only six teams but the championship also looks really entertaining and hopefully we should get constant speedway throughout the summer yeah definitely i don't think you can knock them for anything they've done i mean obviously they can only work with what they've got and 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 the same as last year we're working with something that's so unknown so um look on paper we've got a season uh we're ready to go we i know we've only got six teams in the top flight but it hasn't stopped them they've still put the league on and they're still say we're going ahead so um i'm all on board that's Danny King there speaking with Dave Rowe. Danny King going to be lining up with the Ipswich Witches in the Premiership, but in the Championship, he's lining up with the Pool Pirates. Now, when we've been talking about the Championship so far, Glasgow have been mentioned as a, as a strong side. Leicester, of course, are going to be a strong side. Edinburgh, nobody's mentioned Pool And Joe, Pool have got a very strong side together this year, haven't they? Yes, they have. Um, Danny King, Rory Lyon, two really experienced riders, and you've got Steve Wall in there too. Um, Zane Keller is in there, um, another Aussie lad too, and um, one of the Cook brothers, Ben. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how they adapt to British Speedway, um, and I think that will be key to their chances of making the playoffs. I, I've got them down as playoff contenders. I think they'll finish in the top four. Um, Stefan Nielsen's another rider with with a lot of talent. It'll depend on how he goes. He struggled with injuries at times. Um, but no, as you say, with Danny and Rory in the side, Steve Worrell there too, they're going to be consistent at home, very good away. I think they're up there with with teams to be, and as as it with being Paul, Paul are always there or thereabouts. You know how Midlow gets them going. You've got um, Gary Havlock managing there too. Um, Danny Ford's keen as ever. Matt Ford, he always pulls it out of the bag. So I think Paul are definitely ones to watch in that division. And being part of the Ipswich lineup in the Premiership as well, again one of the um, one of the fancy teams. I mean, I know there's only six in the Premiership, but they they are uh, they have got a, a strong lineup as well. Of course, with with Jason Crump once again in the Ipswich lineup as well, along with Nikolai Clinton, Cameron Heaps, and um, some pretty strong youngsters as well. Anders Rowe, Drew Kemp. You know, they've got uh, they've got a good lineup there. Yeah, well, 2019 was a big year for Ipswich. First year back in the Premiership, um, they did fantastic. They got to the Grand Final, so. I'm sure they'll be open to go one better there. As you say, um, some of the youngsters, Anders Rowe, Anders was out in Poland last year, I'm sure many of you will know. So um, he's looking to build on a, on a year of experience out in Poland. He's out there again this year. Drew Kemp again, he signed in Poland. So it's going to be interesting to see how they adapt coming back to British speed. Right, They've had that extra track time last year ahead of everyone else. So um, those lads will be looking to kick on this year and, and really start building a, a long-term future in the sport over over on these shores. 
There was another British legend on show at the Leicester training session, Chris Bomber-Harris, multi-British champion. Uh, he's been speaking to Dave Rowe, and Dave started by asking him about last year and how he found 2020 being so weird not being on a speedway bike so much. Yeah, um, so like everyone, we've all, uh, we've all missed the racing, it does it, um, especially as long as I've been doing it. Been on a bike since I was probably three years old and uh, not doing it like I was, have been. I, did, I think I've done like 10 meetings, maybe 15 maximum last year. So um, when you're used to doing 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 meetings a year, it's, uh, it's definitely different. Did you get anything from what you did, particularly towards the end of last year? We saw those meetings at Bellevue, for example. No, I wouldn't say we learned. It was just, you know, we, we learned a few things, but nothing uh, that I would take away from it, really. We're talking about moving this year to two, two home tracks that you, you like. We've always seen you pretty sensational around the showground and Birmingham, particularly in the championship, you should, you should be strong around both tracks. Yeah, I wanted to move... You know, there's two tracks I wanted to be close to for home. You know, Travelling does get you down, especially when you're doing everything yourself. So, um, yeah, two tracks I enjoy. Say, especially Peterborough, I really, really enjoy riding there. And Birmingham, I want to put, to, put right to what season I had there last time. And the long track, we've seen you in it for the last few years of making progress. Is that something you can really, really kick on in that now? Yeah, I think um, last few years has been more of a learning and understanding the, the equipment and all. Um, and, you know, with, with my sponsor coming in last year and you know, supplying the equipment i got now with um, the Speedway and the long track, you know, we've, I think we've got four, 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 four brand new Speedway bikes and two long track bikes new. You know, I'm set up for a good season now. It's just... Go out racing. There's Chris Bomber-Harris speaking with Dave Rowe, and he's part of uh, two teams I think are going under the radar slightly, Peterborough Panthers in the Premiership and um, with the Birmingham Brummies in the Championship. I think they're two teams that have actually got the potential to, to make a statement in, in the respective leagues and, and two teams with a fair bit of experience among their ranks as well. Yeah, I think they were, they were widely pushed aside, really. No one really had them in their thoughts until... Eric Rich made a sensational turn to the UK and it all sort of fell in place and, and Eric's gone gone to Birmingham. But as you say, with Bomber in there, Bomber puts bums on seats. He's he's a top-class entertainer and he is a British Speedway legend. Just seeing him do his thing is... Everyone everyone knows Bomber, everyone loves him. Cardiff 2007. Um, as you say, I think Bomber can be key to pushing Birmingham towards the top four. Um, so yeah, I'm sure Birmingham fans are, are excited to have him at Perry Bar and can't wait to see him in action. He's a rider that sometimes polarises opinion a bit, but when you look at the end-of-season stats year-on-year, year, Bomber is, is always there or thereabouts, isn't he, when when you look at the, the season as a whole afterwards? Yeah, and if there's, if there's a playoff final, Heat 50, and you're picking your nominees, you'd pick Chris Harris in there every day of the week, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think everybody remembers him from that incident at Coventry, don't they, where he, where yeah. he sort of got back out the back of the ambulance and, and got on the bike and and, uh, and raced straight away, you know, sort of an iron man as well. So Yeah, the one at Paul Springs, the one when he got run over, got back up on the bike and won the rerun. So <laughs> yeah. that, that, that's Chris Harris for you. Man of Steel. All right, let's round up um, the people we've been speaking to at uh, Leicester. And the Leicester team manager, Stuart Dixon, was there. Of course he would be at the Paul Chapman and Sons Arena. Um, looking ahead to this season, Leicester are one of the fancied teams. Stuart Dixon hopes that he's put together a team strong enough to do the business on the track this year. Well, hopefully. That's the plan. I've got to be honest with that. That's the plan. We're in it to win it. Um, there's some good-looking sides in the Championship. Um I know one or two teams have started to finalise the, the line-ups, but um, I, I, I do look at it. I, I know some promoters say I've not looked at other teams, you know, I don't believe that for a second. Uh, I've studied them, and there are some good teams out there, so we all have challenges. I think there'll now be a level of expectation, you know, at Leicester with the supporters and people at the club, because that's what happens when you win. So, but um, we're in it to win it. We, we know it's going to be tough here, things can go wrong, but um, I'm happy with the team we've put together. I uh, had to make a change with Ellis Perth, Josh Bates. Um, I don't think it weakens us anyway, sort of thing. Um, and I think the twins are 12 months on now, and with a big gamble that was maybe getting taken in 2020 is not so much of a gamble now. And sometimes you can be a lucky manager better than a, a, a good manager, and maybe that's how it'll work out. There's the Leicester manager, Stuart Dixon. And um, Joe, when we talk about Leicester, obviously they've put together a very good team, but they've also used the time over the last year, while there has been a lack of action, to make some improvements to the to the racing circuit at the Paul Chapman and Sons Arena. And uh, it seems to be getting rave reviews from the riders, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm no speedway rider myself, but hearing comments from riders, they seem to have flattened 
flattens it out a lot more. It's a lot smoother now. And um, they've slightly altered the shape. It's going into bend, bend uh, two, I believe. And it seems to be getting rave reviews. So obviously we haven't had any um, official racing on it yet, apart from the youth championships. But um, I'm sure the Leicester riders are looking forward to getting out there and really, and really making use of, of the improvements to the track. Looking at the Leicester Lions lineup, made up of Ryan Douglas, Ty Proctor, Dan and Joe Thompson, Nick Morris, Josh Bates, and Kyle Howarth, who has used the uh, downtime of last year to put himself right, and we should be expecting a new, stronger, fitter Kyle. I'm a good rider, I know I am. I really believe I am. I'm a hard rider, and the thing with me, I've got balls. Um, I'll go for it. I'll, I'll put it in the. I'll, I'll go inside, outside. And um, you know, I've I've won some silverware with Wolverhampton and won some silverware with Sheffield, so I want more again. I'm, I love it. That's what I do. I, I love winning. I love racing. So um, I'm looking forward to the new year. I think it's a new Kyle. Um, I, I was inj- I've had a few little nib- nibbly injuries where you know I didn't think it affected me, but it did mentally and um, with my shoulder and stuff and. Last year I went and uh, took the opportunity and had an operation and full reconstruction on my right shoulder. What took about a, a good solid six months to sort out really. Now it's 100%, I, f- I feel a lot better. And um, mentally and physically I feel a lot better because it was getting me down in the dumps, if I'm honest. So um, I feel a lot happier and um, I'm really looking forward to the season. Well, as Kyle mentioned there, he always gives his all, doesn't he? And um, surely putting some of those injury niggles uh, to, to the side now should really make for a, a better season, both for Leicester and for Sheffield Tigers fans, because he's doubling up again this year. Yeah, I must admit, I love watching Kyle Howarth ride. He gives you absolutely everything. Sometimes it's a bit hair and scare, and you don't know if he's going to come off, but he really gives it. He gives his all for both clubs, and I'm sure Sheffield fans, he's loved at Sheffield, really appreciate that. And then, as you say, just looking at the Leicester lineup. Again, strong. I know we keep saying it for, for most teams, but they are very strong. Ryan Douglas has enjoyed uh, a great time of it out in Australia over the last couple of months. Nick Morris last weekend um, winning in Brisbane in Darcy Ward's meeting. So um, Nick's got the talent. Nick, Nick's got what it takes to really kick on. I think he had a bit of a disappointing 2019 season with injury and one thing and another. But um, they've, they've got what it takes there, Leicester, to, to make a decent fight of retaining their title. Josh Bates, another rider who's uh, teaming up with both Leicester and Sheffield. Uh, one or two eyebrows raised, uh, probably from from fans of, of teams that are not Leicester or Sheffield, in that uh, certainly jo- Josh Bates has got that rising star place with the Sheffield Tigers. But, um, you know, he's in the system and, and he's there to be used. Yeah, I've seen some critics, but you can't throw criticism at Sheffield because if he's in the, if he's in the programme, you use him. I think on a weekly basis at Sheffield, he could score... Touching double figures, um, especially around Alderton. The way he rides that track, he's just made for it. He loves it there. So I think that's a perfect fit for him, perfect fit for Sheffield. There's a lot of critics of, of it and whatever your opinion is of it, but he will score a big point there. And I think Sheffield are a force to be reckoned with, especially at home. Yeah, they're always strong at home. It is a bit of a trick track as well, as it's been mentioned. Uh, I know for a few experienced riders say there's a certain knack to it, but... A lot of that Sheffield lineup certainly know the tricks of, of Olerton for sure. Uh, coming up then, in the next part, we're going to go to the practice session which has been happening at Scunthorpe. I mean, there's been many practice sessions happening at Scunthorpe, lots and lots. But uh, one particular session we've been to featured Kyle Bickley, Sam McGurk and Archie Freeman. We'll hear from them very soon on No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. I'm Ian Brannan and I'm joined by freelance social media editor and Speedway writer Joe Appleton to uh, look back at some of the practice sessions which have been happening around the country. Uh, We're at Leicester before, another track that's had lots of practice sessions for riders of all abilities really is uh, Scunthorpe, Rob Godfrey, opening the track up there to get as much practice in as possible, which has been fantastic for, particularly I think for a lot of the youngsters as well, to take advantage of that and, uh, and also probably learn from some of the more experienced hands that have been visiting Scunthorpe over the past few weeks or so. One of the riders that's uh, been uh, putting himself through his paces is uh, Kyle Bickley, who's going to be lining up for Berwick's two teams, actually, the uh, the championship team and also the Berwick Bullets National Development League team. He's been speaking with Robin Allen. I st- still strongly believe the way I was in the start of 2020, I was going to have a really good year. Um, 
I was practicing on the bike. I've never felt so good on the bike ever. Um, and you know, I sort of hit by that, that COVID storm. Um, and unfortunately, that sort of you know unsettled me a bit. You know, um, bike time stuff and, and whatnot. So yeah, but um, definitely, you know, my mindset right now is 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 a hundred percent better than it was in 2018. And um, it's probably better than it was in 2019 as well. Um, feel a lot more wiser, a lot older, more mature. Um, I feel like I make better decisions um, with the bike and stuff now, and there's uh, more knowledge um, all around of just different things. Um, so yeah, it, sh it should come in handy this year. So you're looking at it as more mature. So it's going to help you for when you you're going into the, the national league with Berwick, and you mentioned obviously Leon Flint is going to be in both teams alongside you. So how good is it going to be to have someone like him with you? Yeah, definitely. You know, Leon's um, Leon's no slower on that place, and he he's done a lot of laps around there. So um, he's going to be sort of my uh, definitely when we start getting racing again. He's going to be my benchmark sort of thing, um, sort of you know keeping touch and stuff. And um, yeah, just I just really want to get in that top five of Berry. It's going to be tough because you know uh, me, Courtney, and Leon. I feel like we're all sort of there and thereabouts um, up there. But you know, I've just got to try and make a try and make that step um, and you know try and just sort of make myself sort of you know a, a, you know, a top a top five rider product um, instead of you know being a reserve. So how have you sort of found things with Berwick compared to your, your time at Bellevue? Well obviously I haven't done I haven't done much with Berwick yet, I've only done one press day last year and a few practice days. Um, you know I think I wasn't going to do National League this year. Um, I was aiming for top league and, and uh, championship. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. But I thought, you know, Barry contacted me and you know, I said, like, look, it's, it's, it could be a good idea to, to do two leagues here. You know, you come off a year, you've not rode. Um, two leagues in the same track could really, really help you. And I was, I agreed. I said, yeah, totally. Um, you know, if I can get dialed in around that one place, that's half my meetings in the year. That I'm gonna, you know, produce good scores. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of the idea behind it. Just sort of get get dialed in around Berwick, and then you know, half a meetings of the year um, are covered for then sort of thing. And of course, the championship is becoming almost as level as the Premiership this year because you look at some of the riders you you've got in there, and Jason Crump and Bjarne Pedersen. Now, would you ever have thought? Going into 2020, that a year later, that both of them you would be coming up against. No, never, never in a million years. Um, you know, it's he, he's a good thing that they're in the league as well because they can bring they can bring crowds to the league and stuff, and they can um, and they can sort of I don't know bring sort of a a, a character to the team and the and the league and stuff. Um, you know, everyone wants to go and watch Jason Crump and and Bjarne Pedersen because of what they're doing in the past and. And you know, the such sort of well-known riders, um, you know, one to three times world champion. So, yeah, it's it's. I think it's good that they they are in the league as well. Um, it might strengthen it out a bit as well. Um, but yeah. That's Carl Bickley, who's going to be lining up for Berwick Bandits and the Berwick Bullets in the National Development League this year. Uh, Joe Appleton joins me. Berwick are a team that are a massive part of the community in Berwick. Uh, Berwick, a relatively small town, reasonably isolated in the in the scheme of Great Britain, I suppose. And uh, they, they have a, a real family ethos about the club as well. And, and, and uh, I think Kyle's going to fit in there nicely, isn't he? Yeah, that's that's spot on. I think I think Berwick are another side that go under the radar. The ethos they're trying to build there for the youth. They've they've obviously started up the bullets in the national league. They've also got a, a junior team and academy. So they are really building for the future. They've they've done works on the track. They're getting some live streaming done, etc. They really are building for the future, and I've got nothing but respect for all the hard work they are putting into our sport. And looking at Berwick this year, you have got Leon and Leon and Kyle, as as Kyle has said. Um, they're one and five in the National League of the two championship reserves. So I think it could be a winning formula for them. Yeah, and experienced hands in there as well. They've got um, Aaron Summers, of course. is uh, I really like Aaron Summers. He's always a, a great rider and he, he rode for uh, for Glasgow for quite a while, didn't he? And uh, always pretty reliable with the points. Yeah, I, I remember Aaron from my early days watching Coventry Speedway. Um, 
hopefully Coventry return in, in the near future. We'll see how that goes. But um, Aaron, I love Aaron's style on the bike. He's always a solid performer. Um, some might say he should have a spot in the Premiership, and I, I am inclined to agree. But um, he's got Berwick dialed in, and he really does lead that side really well. Yeah, Berwick, a, a fairly big track as well in round a, a football pitch, one of the traditional uh, traditional old style tracks in, in many ways. But um, they've got a decent lineup, and their full team is Jai Etheridge, Leon Flint, Aaron Summers, Danny Gapmeyer, Nikolai B. Jakobsen, Kyle Bickley, and Cotty Garcia. The very best of luck to uh, uh, Kyle Bickley and the Berwick Bandits, though, uh, in 2021. Also in practice action at Scunthorpe, a couple of this year's Bellevue Colts, although they're representing the Manchester side originally hail from the other side of the Pennines in Bradford. And of course, they've got their eye on that track that's being relayed around Oddsall. But uh, Robin caught up with Sam McGurk and trying to work out which one of the McGurks is the most competitive. I think he's probably competitive to me. I probably can bring him on more than he'll bring me on because I don't think he wants me to beat him. But she'll be all right. She'll be fair. So looking at the National League this year, obviously they're bringing in the rising star system. How much are you, you looking to, to try and get into that in years to come? Um, it'd be good, yeah, because I feel I can improve and hopefully get in on a one star and hopefully be a good person for the championship players to pick up. Now, for you, obviously, you're Yorkshire, so looking at what's going on at Oddsall at the minute with that having stock cars that are coming back there, so. How much of a good thing would it be to, to have Speedway back there one day? It'd be amazing, just amazing track. And I feel we'll bring a lot of fans back to Speedway that think, all right, I'll go back there and see how it is and then get back into it. So Sam and Harry McGurk moving up from the 250ccs to 500s and uh, they're going straight into the National Development League with Bellevue Colts, which is uh, a cracking way to start your speedway career, isn't it, Joe? Yeah, um, what a place to start and try and learn your craft at Bellevue, what a racetrack that is. But um, no, as you say, I've watched Sam um, ride develop from the 125 to the 250s to the 500. It's his first year on a 500. Um, I'm sure he's, he's going to relish the experience of riding around Bellevue on a weekly basis and Having his older brother there with him is the perfect fit for him, really. So it's a big season for them to try and try and start building. Um, I saw Harry ride for Cradley in 2019, and he came on leaps and bounds as the season went on. So if these if these lads can keep progressing at the at the right they are, then there could be tip for for big things in the future. And another signing for the Bellevue Colts revealed this week. In fact, I think it's their final signing, uh, and a name from the past for many supporters. Benji Compton is going to be uh, lining up with the Bellevue Colts in 2021. Earlier on, we were talking about the Newcastle Diamonds team. We're speaking with James Wright, and we're saying how actually they're investing quite a lot in in youth and also British youth. They've also got the Newcastle Gems team. Team. And um, another of the riders who was in action at Scunthorpe was Archie Freeman, and he's been speaking to Robin. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the Gems is obviously a brilliant stepping stone. Obviously, I'm familiar with most of the team. I was, me and Joe, me, Joe and Dan, uh, Danny Smith's all been out on the on the mountain bikes building up some team exercises. We've got the we've got the group chat going, get a bit of banter in there, so the team's looking good. And is this something you, you're looking to, to build on? Because obviously, being a local lad, you, you want to be with the club for most of your career? Yeah, obviously um, Newcastle's been, well, they say home where the heart is, so um, yeah, Newcastle's been there from day one. I've, so I've put my laps and that's where I've learned my craft, so hopefully stay there for a few years. Now, you look at some of the riders that have come through the club and none other than Robert Lambert. Now, how much do you, do you look up to someone like him and how he was a master? Around Newcastle. Yeah, I don't think you can compare them, but what I've learned is obviously I've I've been there, I've mascoted, I've spoke to them, and we've got sponsors, similar sponsors, so I've obviously been communicating with them through the sponsors, seeing what he's been doing, so I'm just trying to copy what he's doing and better myself really. That's Archie Freeman there, who's going to be lining up for the Newcastle Gems in the National League. But um, he's also going to be lining up, hopefully, for the Newcastle Diamonds in their first team at uh, at some point through the course of this season. That's his hope. And uh, Robin mentioning there about Robert Lambert being uh, a former Newcastle rider at the time when Archie was the Newcastle mascot and uh, a great mentor to have in your corner as well. And, and Newcastle have got some exciting young talent, actually, haven't they, in their, in their gem squad? Yes, they have. Um, some very good young talent. Archie, who we just heard from, um, I watched him British Youth Championship. He was 
really, really excited me by the talent that he's got. Um, he can. I know he turned down a spot in in the championship side this season to focus on building from the national league up, which is probably a sensible move for him. Um, Archie, Max, Joke, and Kelsey all rode in an amateur meeting at Redcar on um, on Saturday and all scored well, I believe. Archie had a, had a nasty smack and, and hurt his arm, so fingers crossed he makes a speedy recovery and he's he's not too bad. But um, they're all getting track time in. I know Joe Walcox trying to get as many laps under his belt as possible. Kelsey's one to watch with a comeback. So, a bit like the championship team, there's ones to watch in there which have got that potential to, to, to come on leaps and bounds. Um, of course, we've also got the, the Premiership Junior League too, which is going to be effectively like the old second halves, if you will, at the Premiership teams. And some of these uh, youngsters will be looking for places in those squads as well to, to help kick them on and, and perhaps in front of fairly decent crowds come later on in the season as well. Yeah, um, the more the more action for youngsters, the better. Competitive race action, it's brilliant. I, I love the idea of, of both and seeing more teams join the National League can, can only be a good thing for these riders as they look to, to build a future in the in the Rising Star programme. Well, thanks for joining us, Joe. It's been it's been great having you on. And when the season gets underway, where uh, where are you most likely to be heading as, as a reporter and uh, doing your thing? Um, hopefully I'll be at Sheffield most weeks at Owlerton. Um, fantastic venue, so really looking forward to that. Um, Troy Batchelor, Jack Holder, exciting times there. The, the, the return of the War of the Roses against Bellevue, that should be fun. Um Wolverhampton's my local track. I'll try and get there as much as I possibly can. They've got an exciting team there. So I think it's important to emphasise that this year is all about getting fans back in stadiums and enjoying some live speed away again because it's been it's been way too long. And if we all our clubs survive through the year, then I think it can be seen as a success. And one final thing before we go as well, uh, Joe, you're also involved in the Speedway Riders Benevolent Fund. There's been an announcement this week about Mitchell Davey, who's going to be doing a little bit of work for charity. He had a terrible crash in 2018. I was actually at that meeting. It was it was horrific. And uh, thankfully, he came through, but um, had a lot of help from the Speedway Riders Benevolent Fund. He's looking to pay them back and uh, a cycle ride to raise some money for the Ben Fund in the summer. Yeah, hats off to Mitch. Mitch does loads of work for the Ben Fund. You need the head shave with Lee Kilby um, last lockdown. Um, I know he's done other bits in the past. He's raised a lot of money for the Ben Fund and he does show his appreciation for what they did for him when he got injured. So so it's fantastic. And I think it's the importance of the Ben Fund. I think all the riders, when you speak to them, you can tell how much the fund means to them and how much they help them out. So so hopefully we do get a Ben Fund bonanza at some point in um, in 2021. I'm guessing it's, it's obviously due to capacity crowd, etc., but to see people going out their way to raise some money for such a worthy cause is, is fantastic. And I'm, I'm privileged to be able to do my part um, for, with Paul Ackroyd, who is a top man. Yeah, some great work. And of course, the Ben Fund has suffered because of the lack of meetings over the last year, because a key way of raising their money is through bucket collections. So anything like this is is going to be well received. And um, you can find out more info online about it, but it's happening in July. And he's riding a bike from Glasgow uh, to the Edinburgh track and uh, ultimately ending up at the Berwick track. But he's going to do a lap of each track as well on the way. So you can find out more about that if you search out Mitchell Davies' social media pages. Uh, you'll get all the details. Thanks very much for joining us joe it's been a pleasure no brilliant i really enjoyed that thanks ian on next week's episode we'll be bringing you more interviews with some of the stars who have been in practice action particularly at red car and at king's lynn next tuesday for episode three and don't forget keep up to date with everything that's happening in british speedway online 24 7 at speedwaygb.co.uk thanks for listening i'm ian brannan no breaks no fear is produced by nigel pearson media limited for british speedway See you next week. No breaks, no fear. The official British Speedway podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.